This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by BitPay and Electronium. Stay tuned for more about them later on in the episode. All right, what's up, everyone? I am Charlie Schramm, and this is Untold Stories, where twice a week we dive deep with crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be. This show is now produced with audio and video. Come watch me on YouTube. It's so much fun. And guys, I love emails. Send me a message, feedback, ideas on untoldstories.com. Who you like, who you didn't like, if I should shut up and not interrupt my guests too much, let me know. This show is powered by my good friends at the Blockworks Group. They're my production company, and they have over 20 podcasts in their network, including mine and my friends. So check them out at blockworksgroup.io. And with that, today's awesome guest is Tim Heath coming to us from Tallinn, Estonia. He's Australian by birth, but he's the founder and CEO of Coin Gaming. Coin Gaming is my sponsor, so you guys have, have known that. You've been listening to, to the show for a while. But also, they are such about community, and we talked about sportsbet.io and all their different sites, going back to the early days of Bitcoin and crypto and how, when they started and what compliance looks like, what free and fair transparency on the blockchain Oh, I wrote my notes, but there's so many topics. We did the show from his sauna towards the end. It was so much fun. We got a whole tour. We talked about Estonia, all these different topics. I love shows that I learn a lot from, and you guys will too. So I'll talk to you guys right in a minute. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'll introduce you before I'll record my own thing introducing you, but I don't want to waste time doing that. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You showed us a beautiful view of of, of your, you know, what's going on and and where you are and in, uh, in Estonia. But um. Uh, um, and you just went on vacation. So that's really awesome. You're like, you know, what, what do we say? Like bushy tailed and bright eyed, ready to like get back to work, ready to go. <laughs> so like what, what is, before we get into, uh, what you guys are doing or who you are and, and all those things, but like, what are you working on? Uh, I like to ask this question. What are you working on today? Like, what are you working on at this moment? What are your goals for okay. the week in terms of what- <laughs> the big project we're working on? Um, it's, we've been in the gaming industry for, I've been 20 years in the gaming industry, and the hardest thing um, is moving money uh, in terms of making it really easy for a player to deposit and withdraw, and if they win, how do they get that money into their hands? And it's always working with third parties and banks and payment processors, and it's been very difficult with all the archaic methods. So um, funnily enough, back when we started Coin Gaming, literally, the question I said at a Christmas dinner in 2013, we, we were in poker before that and, again, struggles with moving money, and I said, you know, we're, we're a smart bunch of people. We can do amazing things if only we can control the money. And my CTO piped up after a couple of vodkas and said, yeah. why don't we use Bitcoin? Then we can be our own bank. So back in 2013, then we're all madly Googling what is Bitcoin. And, yeah, so January 2014, we, we set up our first poker network using Bitcoin, and that was the, the genesis of, of it all. Fast forward now seven years, um, our big project is one called Coins.io. Um, it's based on the Lightning Network, and it's basically a third layer above that on how we can move money you know, through the different payment channels and atomic swaps um, using Lightning, but also having infrastructure of banks and PSPs underneath that. So we've got a, oh, like that. a venture capital fund now that's bought into a number of banks and payment processes. Second layer being Lightning, opening up all the different channels. And the third layer is then a global payment system where money can go on-ramp, off-ramp, anywhere in the world, doing all the necessary KYC and AML, obviously. And once the money's in, digital representation of it, and then going into and out of 
primarily a casino or a sports book, or it could be an Amazon or an eBay or whatever e-commerce merchant wants to use that. But the, the simple thing there is how do we make it easy for the customer? And I call it the Uber moment that people get scared to use Uber because it seems difficult, but after they've used it the first time, and you've broken down that barrier to entry. Once you've used it once, you'll never go back to using to calling up a taxi from a dispatch on a telephone system. So, how do we make crypto easier for everyone? And how do we make it a, a non a non custodial wallet? But hang on one second, because you're 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 really uh, jumping forward in terms of you're saying how do we make crypto easier? But I want to go back to those years. You said 2013 when you were googling uh, uh, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Those years, right? Those years were the formidable years in terms of like, it was ride or die. And mm-hmm. one of the things that pisses me off a little bit is, is people trying to whitewash crypto's history and Bitcoin's history. The two reasons that Bitcoin is here, the reason that we're even talking, the reason I have a podcast, the reason this is all here, the reason there's an industry is two things. You ready? Gaming and Silk Road. It's mm-hmm. the biggest elephant in the room. I'm not saying they were good or bad. I'm just saying without the, without the transaction volume and the users of people on Silk Road and people gaming, gambling, betting uh, with Bitcoin, myself included, I actually got in. I was betting. I was going to sleep at night playing Satoshi Dice, you know, uh, <laughs> back in the day. Without those two things, you, so to going back, you said, how do we make crypto easier and, and more fluid and more organic? Really, I look at you and I look at your model as really one of the only killer apps and really the only reasons for for crypto to exist right now because you guys are the underlying layer, right? So you talk about uh, Lightning Network. You're using Lightning Network because you actually need to move money faster, not because it's for like a theory, but because your customers actually demand it and need it and want it. So you were look. So the first people that built businesses in this space were the ones that were traditionally being pushed out of all the other industries. And when the early years of Bitcoin was first happening, that was the craziness of the online poker industry, right? So the whole gaming industry was looking for a, a, another financial system or a better one to use for for. Uh, and so, how did that overlay like? What was the whole uh, poker scene before Bitcoin and, and what happened? How are you guys like, not you guys, but how is that industry kind of pushed out of the traditional finance world? What happened on that Black Friday with poker stars? Most people don't know. Uh, let me go ask this in a couple of different ways. In terms of, I completely and utterly agree with you that the gaming industry has helped fuel um, the adoption of Bitcoin. I think Silk Road certainly back in the day helped fuel the adoption there as well. Um, I'm not going to go into the legalities or the morality no. of that. That's a different. Of course not. That is the cornerstone of most economies around the world. It just happens, and it is what it is. Part of this show. From a gaming perspective, there was a lot of operators like the the Prime Dice, the Toshi Dice, and whatnot, and they all felt like they were trying to theoretically do a solution which is using the blockchain because it's cool. And they really helped grow what we were doing. However, we'd come from 12 years in the industry running poker sites and, and, and proper you know, gaming licenses and whatnot. We felt we could take away nearly the backyard operation and make it into a proper professional outfit because we had the accountants, we had the customer support, we got the VIP, we've got our gaming platform. We're simply using a new digital token um, to allow people to do this. Now, where it gets interesting from the poker world, yes, you had the Uyga, um, 
which was what October 30, 2006 or thereabouts. Yeah. That was stopping, didn't say that casinos and poker was illegal in the States. It simply said using a third party intermediary to process money was yes. illegal. And it was whacked on the end of the Safe Ports Bill, which is very tricky by a certain government, but it certainly worked. Uh, and that led to a whole lot of different things going on in that industry. I like to always focus on the customer and what's best for them rather than uh, other tricky things. So we had a situation where we had an Australian poker player and he would deposit in a very, very good player, win his money, but then he withdraw it all straight away. And then two hours later, he'd deposit it all again and withdraw it. And I said to him one day, mate, what are you doing? You know, oh, well, if I get drunk, I don't want to play blackjack and shoot off all my bankroll. I said, okay, just park the money with me and when you want to deposit again, I'll give it back because every time we put in that $200,000, we're paying 4% to some payment processor. And every time we took it out, we're paying 2%. And if he did that 10 times a day, all of a sudden that's a huge amount of money eroding all everyone's profit margins, which would then be passed back onto the consumer because that's what people normally do in business. Mm. So if you think about that concept, when Bitcoin came along, when we could use it or leverage this digital token, there was no deposit. Yes, there was mining fees, but two cents to send a million dollars. It's not really going to show up on a balance sheet, uh, profit and loss. He can move the money back and forth as many times as he want. So if he wins, we can pay him. He gets a, a buzz on his phone and he's a happy customer. And he can then put the money back in and take it out and as many times as he wants. There's no fraud. It's a push transaction, not a pull transaction. To me, it made perfect sense that it was the perfect use case for the gaming industry because we could satisfy the consumer's need. Um, and that's where it all came from. And as a punter myself, I was a poker player. If I win, I want to be paid. So nowadays, I think on average over the last seven years, we pay out any winnings in two minutes and 14 seconds, whether it's a dollar or a million, or five million, it doesn't, or in Bitcoins, it doesn't matter. We pay within two minutes. It's so, it's so interesting how that, you know, it's such a simple thing that you would think the traditional finance industry offers you. Uh, were, were you getting, uh, in those days, were you getting people that were already using Bitcoin and now wanted to play, or was it more going to these players and saying, hey, you guys are big players, you should look at crypto, you should look at Bitcoin. And what were some of those conversations like? So I think there's, there's two ways to look at this. Um, there's obviously a lot of early adopters. I, I think if we look at society in general, out of every 100 people, five people like to gamble. And I think our, our thesis here is when we want to grow the adoption of crypto around the world, we're growing crypto first, like putting it on a Watford, the, the side of the sleeve on Watford or on the, the front of the shirt of Southampton, it's to grow crypto. Now, if 5% of those people that see that message and adopt it play, then we're happy. That's fine. We're not out there ruthlessly trying to get every single man of these dogs to play on a casino. Um, we found there was a lot of early adopters coming to want to play with these coins that they could play. People just wanted to have fun and entertainment. Um, but as we've looked at the back of the last seven years, we've gradually shifted some of the players we knew who were using. Um, expensive payment methods, and we're about to look after them better by just saying, if you use crypto, because you can buy and sell it anywhere in the world. I've bought bitcoins in Biscay, yeah. in Kyrgyzstan. It was, you know, I bought them in New Delhi. I bought them in. Uh, I bought a Syria. chicken in Morocco with Bitcoin. 
yeah, and it's pretty cool, you know. It's so cool to use it, yeah. I used an ATM machine back in 2014 at the World Cup, and it was it was a cool adventure to go and – but the bottom line is you can buy and sell crypto anywhere in the world. So now if you can use that as your – you think about it, crypto is a digital gaming chip. In a casino, it's play. In the internet, it's digital. It's a token of trust between two untrusted parties, yeah. and it's, it's, it's perfect. So – we're now looking at how do we get more people to adopt Bitcoin because of the benefit to them. But back in the early day, it was people who wanted to be entertained that had crypto, early adopters, enjoyed a bit of a gamble on the on the dice sites or whatnot, and we just introduced more of the... the, the, the there was nothing really else to do with Bitcoin back then except for, for play with it and trying to make more or lose, like... What I was doing was I was sending bets as Satoshi dice and just like going to sleep and then praying that in the morning I was, I was, win- <laughs> I was but, winning. You know, you're right, but I found if I had my car registration in Australia to pay, I mm. would send my father some Bitcoin and he would then make the payment. And the silly old bugger actually kept all the Bitcoins. Oh, wow. And then they appreciated and then he got the book. <laughs> he has done quite nicely out of it, so... In terms of moving money around the world, it was a lot more efficient to move that money for a purpose to make a payment locally. So this is what people don't realize, that Ethereum was actually paid for and funded by the crypto gaming industry, whereas uh, my buddy, Anthony DiOrio, who he sold, um, he had a bunch of like early Bitcoin poker sites. Um, I forgot what they were called. It was like Satoshi Circle. Satoshi Circle? Yeah. And he sold it. And then Seals of Clubs wasn't him. I, that's one still around. I still, I used to play on, I met the guy. That's another I, conversation I, in New Hampshire. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. So, Vegas. Yeah. Anthony sold his, the company and then he used that money to actually fund Ethereum. So Anthony's a founder of Ethereum because he paid Vitalik and he, so like that, people don't realize that like the reason that we're here today is because of this industry. And in fact, uh, before Calvin Eyre got stuck in that whole like Satoshi fake Toshi drama, you know, mm-hmm. and he kind of planted his flag with Craig Wright, and he shouldn't have. Calvin Air was very respected in the Bitcoin world. Yeah, yeah. He was very well respected in the Bitcoin world because uh, he was paying for like guys like me, Eric Voorhees, and others to go out to like uh, Macau and meet with the gaming industry. And it's a shame how that all worked out. It is a shame, um, but you know, people make their bed; they've got to sleep in it. But um, <laughs> we still strong believer in that. Quote. I'm not putting VCH anywhere near any of our sites as my. Uh, one of my yeah, guiding principles. Um, that said, the adoption now of Bitcoin coming out of Asia is rapidly, rapidly, rapidly increasing. Um, and we get a lot of people coming to me saying, how can we get into crypto and how can we do it well and what's the solution? Because we're finding this is actually better for our players to remit money and to deposit and withdraw money as well. That's very interesting. Think about it, if you make a deposit with a credit card to a, to a casino, you don't actually have to, with your winnings, you don't need to get them back into your bank. Again, it's like going to a casino, you've got your chips. They're valuable. They hold they hold a, a tokenized value. If you want to use them as your bankroll, you don't need them to go all the way home. They just come into your phone and then you're in control of your money is the most thing. Then you can put them back in when you're ready to play the next time. So tell us, tell me about the Coin Gaming Group. You guys have been a sponsor of Untold Stories, and I really appreciate that. Um, I'm a big fan because I love gaming and I love companies that are pushing forward the adoption. But really, because I get the final say on who gets to sponsor the show. Like, in fact, Fake Toshi tried with another company to sponsor. That's another conversation. But um, tell me about the group because 
uh, what really what really was a big deal for me was a lot of companies talk about community, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But you guys have really put your money where your mouth is with that, like reinvesting your money back into that community. Uh, you have all these different um, opportunity and like incentivize for your, because usually like casinos don't want people to be in a community. G gaming sites don't want, they yep. want to come play and leave. Mm -hmm. Explain mm -hmm. to me like your whole mentality behind this and how it all kind of gets started. I'm first and foremost a, a punter or a gambler myself. I love betting on football, love betting on cricket. I was a poker player, I won the Poker Stars Million back in 2005. Oh, really? You got to so teach me how to play better. My, yeah, that's where my background's come from. And then obviously we were already on the business side of casinos and sports books. But I think from the gambling side, that's our sort of our compass of what we want to do and how we want to run a business properly and think long term, obviously. On some of the other guys who have been with me for 18 years, they've got this to understand what Bitcoin and blockchain and how that can change the world. So we have a very strong opinion on not just trying to reach a short-term commercial benefit, but actually growing a long-term vision of what Satoshi, the real Satoshi, wanted, where you can be in control of your own money and you can actually move this around and, and, and everything, as we all know, you can do with Bitcoin and other associated cryptos. So that's our two-pronged approach that, yes, we believe in the vision of what's behind it, that everyone can be their own bank, look after your money, but then if you're coming to gamble, it's a bit like Benny Binion when he used to run the horseshoe back in the day, come into my house, into my fair gaming environment. If you win, here's a million dollars at the front entrance. I'll pay you from that. If you lose, I'll give you a steak and you know, a, a steak and fries on the way out for breakfast and you'll go home with a full stomach. So you actually enjoy the experience, win, lose, or draw. Oh, I see what you're saying. And it's and it's true. Like, when I go to the Hard Rock or Vegas, like, I know full well I'm not going to... If I win money, I come back up, I'm happy. Most people who are going say, like, this $1,000 on my cash that I'm bringing with me, I, I will never get this back. And actually, you have to approach crypto like that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's also, you know, gaming or gambling, it's, it's entertainment. So you've got to be willing to go, you know, never bet more than you can afford to lose, obviously, the number one principle. But when you go in there and say, right, I've got 500 bucks, I'm ready to play with this. If I win, it's a bonus. But if I lose, if the sports book looks after you in a really, really ethical way that we're sorry for your loss, but, you know, we're still here next time we want to play, please don't bet too much. I think it's the right way to gamble so it becomes entertainment and not uh, not an addiction. And that's so, so, so important to us. This is not going to bring short-term profits, guarantee you. But if you think long-term and build mm. a really, really strong business, which is on solid foundations, um, this is the right way to do it. So following on from all that, when we sponsored Watford, um, it was a really, really bloody exciting thing to do, to be honest. We've done that on the front of shirt for that was six million quid. Um, or thereabouts, and the CEO rings me up a week later and says, "Oh, Tim, we've got the side of the side of shirt available. Would you like to sponsor that?" And I'm like, "Not really. There's nothing else we can put there." The next morning, my parents over from Australia, and I had a shower and said, "Oh no, shit! Let's put a Bitcoin logo on there because there's a two billion people addressable audience that we can just." nearly put a finger at the, at the, the what do you call it, the whole world and say, this is what we believe in. We're not just about running a casino or a sports book. We actually want to drive adoption of crypto and take it to the world. And we did it. 
and it was fun, and it, but it was actually got really, really good coverage. And it worked out. We needed to get the coverage. It was just because we could do it, we wanted to do it, and we believe in it, that that was the fun YOLO, basically. Why not? You actually have a VC company called YOLO, YOLO Investments. Well, funnily enough, it's called YOLO, exactly. It's a pull on a Friday, YOLO. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You only live once. Uh, so we've taken really fun- an approach now on Southampton. Uh, we've got the logo. We put a little Bitcoin on there. And now with Arsenal, we've just sponsored as well with all of our logos and the backdrops and the LEDs. Again, Bitcoin there as well. And it's nearly, it shouldn't just be about trying to make money. Life shouldn't be about that. Life should be about the journey and the excitement you can get from doing that. And if you put the customer first always, good things will happen to you at the end of the day. We'll all have enough money for lunch and for dinner and a roof over our head and we'll enjoy what we're doing. But I'd go to some of the VIP events with our customers and they they just want to talk shop, how does it all work? And they're just like, they're part of the fabric. They just enjoy, they're going to play somewhere, but they really enjoy being a part of what we're doing. And I love to be really open with them as well about we're a transparent sports book. Um, I know we flip a coin 100 times, we're going to win 51, they're going to win 49. It's the mathematics. So let's celebrate the victory when they get one of those 49 times and be happy for them. And, you know, we bought one Korean guy a bottle of champagne and a pair of Jimmy Choo shoes for his, uh, for his wife after he won quarter of a million. He goes, That's awesome. why would you do this? said, mate, we're so happy for you. Um, you know, we just want to look after you and we want to make sure you'll stay our customer. He then, and he goes, I don't understand it. I said, how many people did you tell this story to? Oh, many, many people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it you spoke know, very pragmatically about, you know, it was a human ambassador of, of our site and of our, our method of business and our principles of business as well because there's, what, 3,000 casino sites in the world how do we stand out? Well, this is how we, this is our guiding principles. And, you know, we want to really make crypto easy, get it adopted by as many people around the world, and then customer comes first when they're gambling with us. So the, the, the community is such a big aspect, and you guys are sponsoring um, a lot of uh, uh, football clubs a, in England, and, and two actually, and, uh, you know, three, like you said, the Bitcoin. Four, three, four, four. Flamingo, five, Brazil. Five. Uh, Flamingo and Brazil. Watford, who are in the Championship League this season, Southampton front of shirt, and Arsenal, um, obviously in the EPL as well. Okay, come on. This is so cool. This is the new BitPay card that I have in my hand, and I'm so excited to be finally having the new one that just came out. Now, guys, I've been using the BitPay card since 2016. Yeah, you heard that right. Way before I started Untold Stories, way before BitPay became a sponsor of mine, I've been using this card, and it literally became a way for me to have a bank account uh, for many, many years, as, as a lot of people in crypto need banking, need better banking. The BitPay card is chock full of the coolest features. It's got contactless pay, uh, better rates and limits, no fees to convert from Bitcoin right onto the card, added in chip security. I mean, it's sexy. It looks good, unlike other cards. It's so easy to get. Just download the BitPay app on your phone, click the card icon, and you can do it right there. If you use the promo code CharlieJune20, your card is free. Remember, CharlieJune20. 
It's in the show notes. You can get a free card. So literally, just from listening to my show today, and make sure you actually listen, you could get a free card just by entering that code. So download the BitPay app, get the coolest card on the market, the best card on the market. I've been using it for over four years now. I know there are so many cards out there, but the BitPay brand is the oldest and longest running Bitcoin company in the world. I mean, that's who issues this card. This is the card you want to have. Remember, Charlie, June 20, download the BitPay app on iOS or Android to sign up for the new card. You're going to freaking love it. I'm really excited when I get to talk about projects and companies that have been around since the early days of crypto and supporting those projects. In many parts of the world, banking services simply haven't advanced at the same rate as the adoptions of smartphones on the internet. Uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, it's they're skipping entire financial services over, they're skipping people over, and they're not even building out that infrastructure until cryptocurrency. We all know this, we've been hearing about it for so long. Electronium, a company based in the UK, decided to build an entire ecosystem based off of financial inclusion, empowering people, getting them involved, not just by working and by earning, but also by spending and being part of that community. Anytask.com is a company that's powered by Electronium, over half a million users, and you have the ability to do all these freelance projects, earn money, earn their tokens, and not only just earn ETN, but also be able to spend it on all these different things. What's what's crazy is that, and what's crazy good is that it's a, any task is attracting not just crypto people, but actual talented freelancers that are willing to take ETN in return for doing all this work. It, it's literally created this whole uh, ecosystem. And the thing is, it's not been just like a new novel idea. It's been around for a while. They're doing it. They're growing every single day. They're doing uh, millions of dollars in transactions. You got thousands and thousands of different people on the platform offering different services. And you should go check it out. It's it's so cool. The staff are great. The people are great. Everyone on the platform is so cool. Uh, according to ETN Everywhere, their official merchant directory, uh, ETN can be spent in over, I think it's 2,000 physical locations and online locations worldwide. You're talking about uh, in 140 countries, mobile airtime, um, shops, TVs, all these different things, not just being able to spend it. And so check them out, Electronium, anytasks.com support my sponsors they're so cool and i'm excited for you guys to check it out it's so amazing uh do you ever find yourself like asking yourself uh is this marketing budget or is this money going towards like bitcoin as a as a as a whole or is it going towards us as our company because like where do you draw the line you're like pushing forward the whole industry i think it's a bit of both to be honest and the way i'll answer that is that if we can drive this community forward, if we can grow the adoption of Bitcoin in India, in China, in South America, in Africa, and we can get more people getting out of this legacy bank system, 5% of those people will like to bet on football. And we will be the trusted person because of our approach to it all. It becomes a natural place of where they want to go and put their next English football bet on. But if we focus on growing the adoption of Bitcoin, we become a good actor in the community and we become part of the fabric, which is our approach to it all always. Um, we love being on Bitcoin Talk. We've got Steve who uh, runs it for us here and he, he talks shit with the punters. They love, I love him. It. He's just in there and he's, he's on the, and he's always, oh, just been talking to the boss and, you know, we've got a 10 Bitcoin payout. I had to squeeze his finger and 
no, we're just having fun because we're all punters ourselves. We know what the, the larrikinism of being in the clubhouse is all about. We know we love to talk about the near miss or the, the easy win. You know, that's part of life. It's part of the, the banter around it. We don't want to be some Bet365 or some corporate bullshit sports book. We want to be, this is Tim Heath, this is who we are. You're putting a bet on me. Good luck. If you win, I pay you. If you don't, I'll look after you in another way. And let's all are, this community forward. What are the most popular, like, RP? Is it sports betting? Is it is it poker? What? Where do you see the so, most popular, like, community? For, for us, community-wise, it's definitely the sports betting because you can always yeah. talk about sport. Um, in terms of our True. gameplay, the live dealer um, is the best one for us. Obviously, the Baccarat out in Asia and the Blackjack. Um, then we'll probably go into the sports betting. betting oh, I miss Baccarat. Oh, great game, mate. I great miss playing game. Baccarat in person with all the smoke and everyone yelling in languages I don't understand, and I I've love it. I've got for you then. We're at a land-based casino here in Tallinn and actually just bought 20% of a casino in Montenegro on the weekend over breakfast. So come to our oh. opening and you can play the first hand of Baccarat in our new Bombay Casino. Oh, I need to come for sure. Uh, we'll do it. That would be amazing. You've got the land-based casino, which is all very discreetly elegant, but we've also got the live dealer studio. So you can come and play in person, go home, oh, cool. and then play with the same dealers on your telephone if you weren't in the jurisdiction you're in. Yeah, that's, that's so cool, that's though. Sorry. Yeah, you probably have like all these disclaimers that are written down on your arm that you have to like, you know, at the bus stop. I just got Lucy pointing at me, that's all. <laughs> the com- compliance no, officers are our best friends. They're funky gaming laws, but we, we're very careful. We want to be a good actor in terms of the gaming. I mean, I helped write the regulations of Curacao and Isle of Man and consulted to the UKGC for the acceptance of Bitcoin in the gaming license. So I'm very aware of what they are and... I don't agree with every rule there, but we must act within those to be. They are what they are. Citizen. So they are what they are, and that's what's that's what's so important. Like, uh, what other what other metrics can you tell me? I, I, it's so intriguing, and I know that everyone who's listening is 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 learning a lot and is so curious. But like, uh, how do you like? How has your company evolved in the past since 2013 so, in, in terms of crypto? Like, well, I'll tell you, on the people side, we're about 30 people. Back in 2013. Wow. Um, I got them very drunk at that Christmas party as well. Uh, we're now 467 people. Wow. We have offices in Estonia, in Kiev, in Manila, in Melbourne, and Sao Paulo, in Brazil. Um, I've stopped using email. I don't believe in it. It's like a fax machine out the window. Really? It's all now Slack, Telegram, WhatsApp is how we run business. And what? So we've got I like email very, because it doesn't imply like I have to respond immediately, like with chats and stuff. No, I know, but it's I just get nervous. I get lost in my emails. Is that much bullshit comes in there these days? Okay. That, yes, you can leave an unread message on Telegram and come back and deal with it later, but information should move quick. It should. It should. In fact, I think most of the emails in my own inbox are me sending to myself as to-do lists. To-do list, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally, I, my wife knows that she needs something from me, she sends it, and then the subject line, and yeah. it gets put down the to-do list. Like, attention, yeah. But so I move her down from unread to important and unread. No, I move her up. I'm just joking. One of those ones. Um, remind me in one hour. <laughs> yeah, remind me in one hour. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, I, this... 
in terms of what we're doing, we've obviously got our two big brands, um, sportsbet.io and bitcasino.io. We've got another license site called Slots.io in the European market with an Estonian license. Oh, I didn't know that. Got a couple of sites out in Asia as well. Um, but that's the B2C side of the business. We've And you mentioned YOLO Investments before. We're heavily investing into the ecosystem around those brands. So we've currently got about 170 million assets under management, over 44 investments um, in the wow. fund. And we've invested in a couple of banks, insurance, marketing tech. Um, six you guys should invest in my videos. crypto so, ATM company. Sorry? You guys should invest in my crypto ATM company. Oh, send us a deck. Maybe, maybe after. We'll see. I was going to say, email me the deck. No, I'm going to email <laughs> it to you. You'll never read it. One of the good ones, no, 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 but I've got people who do read it, don't worry. One of the good ones we invested into were four windmills, uh, four wind turbines um, in one oh, of the cool. islands in Estonia. And it, it's called Greenbit Energy. So there's four windmills and we've got 500 Bitcoin and um, Ethereum or Litecoin miners and we've made the technology in shipping containers with all the oil. So the wind powers the electricity, which powers the Bitcoin mining. The excess heat comes out. We've got a greenhouse there. It dries the wood before it gets exported to Sweden, and then it's this continuous green energy and making about a hundred grand a month. You guys are doing some cool shit over there. Yeah, I want to go and put a big sports bet logo on the side of them all, but can't get that one past the government, unfortunately. No, you should. But there's probably compliance. But let me. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna segue really quick. Yep. What type of compliance do you have versus like? what a bank would have like what is the compliance look like from a crypto but also just being a gaming company this is more like my own curiosity sure so i think the best way to answer that is there's been an evolution in kyc and it's not just about a passport photo and a utility bill because you can get them anywhere so what's the biggest worry is it is it money laundering or is it making sure that games are being played fair a bitcoin deposit comes in we use chainalysis we are instantly looking where that know your transaction basically, yeah. where that transactions come from, and we're grading it based on if it's coming from a bad place or a good place or whatnot, and we will then apply extended due diligence based on a level of comfort we have based on where those oh, wow. funds come from. If funds come in from Sweden and out to somewhere in the Middle East, we'll obviously flag that, and check it out. But if it's coming from the same the same IP, same device coming in and going out. We're satisfied. We know our transaction. It's not as traditional as a normal bank would do, but we're not uh, we're not a uh, FIU. Um, yeah. We've got our certain amount of due diligence we need to do. And now when we proposed this, of course, I went through all the different licenses we had and said, this is how we propose to do KYC or KYT in 2020. And they're like, holy shit, that's awesome. How can we let everyone do this? I'm like, really? Well, We'll build a business around that, and we can charge it later on. But first of all, we want to do it well for ourselves. Are your compliance costs less than your competitors that don't use crypto because they have to add compliance to all their monies, not just crypto? Million percent. But most people do compliance on credit cards so they don't get chargebacks done against them. What do you mean? Which is not really the right reason to be doing the compliance. Yeah, it's for fraud and chargebacks. They're worried about fraud, fraud and chargebacks, and trying to keep under this arbitrary one and a half percent that Visa and MasterCard impose. So we don't mind as long as we look at the source of funds and see where it comes from. If it goes back to the same place or the same cluster, for us, 
that's a good transaction. And it's people have this right, so we don't need to know what, what street they live in. That doesn't tell me anything about money laundering. I want to know the source of funds. But we can do this behind the scenes on the blockchain and 98% of people will never need to know about this that happens automatically behind the scenes. The 2% who are trying to be bad actors will say, hang on, mate, we're not a bloody uh, laundromat here. This is not welcome. You KYC yourself and we'll send back your money and we never want to see you again. We had to do one the other day and we were actually done about it. It's off. We don't want your kind here. And the guy's saying, here's all my documents. I'm <laughs> like, can you believe this? But we're just that's being insane. really upfront and honest to our customers and that's the best way to do it, I believe. What uh, we talk about like free, fair, compliant, transparent. What type of uh, um, what type of uh, utilities was is as blockchain enabled you to do now because because of its like transparentness of a, of a ledger. So, for example, like being able to to, to guarantee uh, fair hands, not just someone taking your word for it because yep. you're rolling the dice based on a nonce or whatever. Can you go into that a little bit? So there's two parts here. One of our studios called One Touch, we have a lot of um, blackjack and roulette and uh, baccarat and whatnot. We built probably fair as the RNG um, for that. A lot of people back in the day thought it was all going to be probably fair was the be all and end all, and they forgot about the actual entertainment factor to a customer if they're winning. We um. we have one in a million hands are checked. Is the hand probably fair? So it's nearly a marketing ploy, if anything. It's not actually something people are checking every single day. They're not checking, but it's like the the fact that they can check. They can check, and that is the the assurance that people do like, and people do check, and we are doing it. But when you have other slot games, there's certain certification. You've got to go through um, NMI or or BMI, whatever the, the certification has to call, to get your games licensed in the jurisdiction. Which you know what is probably an archaic dinosaur way of doing things, but the industry hasn't moved forward enough to actually implement probably fair, which would let the customer be the arbitrator of fairness rather than some group yeah. group of blokes in wearing suits and ties in Malta, you know, that will take two weeks to reply to an email. Like that's that's the world's moving forward basically. Why um why do people play slots if the odds are so bad? It's the chicken lotto conundrum. What's the chicken lotto conundrum? One dollar and win ten thousand. There's a chance. Now, if you look at the mathematics, we return ninety six cents on every dollar, and that's fine. That's a four percent margin or a three percent margin. But in that variation, one person can put a dollar in and win a hundred thousand on a jackpot. Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. People might lose along the way. It will theoretically even out to ninety six point five percent. Yeah, but the chicken lotto. Everyone likes to win money for not much effort. I played a scratch off ticket yesterday because I was watching football at a at a pub, and I was playing. You know, they sell the scratch off lottery tickets, and yep. uh, it was a twenty dollar ticket, but I won twenty five. I won ten, ten, and five. Nice. And uh, I know I won five bucks. Bought shots for the bar actually. I only paid for two <laughs> shots though. I had to pay for the rest of it. It's fine, <laughs> but. Uh, I know. I love doing that, though. Like, shots for everyone. There's only like seven it's people in the whole bar. <laughs> Look, but, um, it's an interesting thing. I think there's something in the mathematics of a slot game. There's something in the music of a slot game. Yeah. I was reading an article about addiction in gaming, and there was a case that 
it's not actually addicted gamblers don't actually like to win. It's the opportunity to win or that anticipation of winning is what really brings you back to another hand. If you do win, it's almost a letdown. So there's a massive science behind it that I don't think many people have really dived into deeply to understand it. But we try and from our social responsibility. But that's what it is. Understand this so we can look out for the bad symptoms. So where is the line, I guess, between like the community and having, you know, bringing people back and having them in and then like, realizing that someone may be addicted because like that feeling is addictive. Like, and the feeling that I'm talking about is like, you're right. It's that chance. So you put $10 down on a blackjack table. And then when you have to make a decision, whether like split those eights, that feeling that you get that like in, intense uh, excitement that you may win a hundred dollars or you may lose your 10. That's like that addictive feeling. Uh, and that's why I feel like people play. I, I love, love that feeling. I love that feeling. That's why I play. Yeah. That's why yeah. I play. But this is then up to our social responsibility team that we can look for when someone is going beyond the level of affordness. We don't want to ruin anyone's life. So the most number of compliments we get in and feedback from customers are those who have tried to open a second account and then say we we blocked them because they've obviously been self-excluded in the first account. And they say, thank you for taking care of me. I really appreciate it because I had a moment of weakness there your systems were strong enough to make sure I couldn't go and open a second account or a third account. We go above and beyond what our requirements say because, mate, I've been through it myself Um, and I know what my limit is and I'm a pretty strong-willed person so I can handle that. But it's those who can't that we need to be careful of because we're not – our goal in life is not to ruin lives. We're here to entertain and give people a chance of the chicken lotto moment. We have a slight advantage in the long run but that's to our – Credit, our benefit, I don't know. But those who are in that sort of susceptible sector, we've got to be so careful about them so that people don't throw their life away, basically. Yeah. It's 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 like a, a line or a like you say it and you do it. Uh for me though, I, I feel like I'd be almost nervous be to have that moral responsibility on my shoulders. Not like responsibility, because it's like always like the player's responsibility. But you know what I mean? But it is a a moral responsibility. Well, it depends on the foundations of what you build a business. True. Our three words are fun, fast, and fair. And this is any question we have in the business, is it fun, fast, or fair? Now, social responsibility when dealing with gambling addictions, we need to be fair to the customer. Because you know what? It may be they we look after them, but they might tell their friends, unbelievable sports book, I've got a problem, they've stopped me gambling because I want to self-exclude. But I would yeah. recommend them for you guys who want to go and put your 10 bucks on Blackjack because they're good people. So it's just building the right framework and be really strong with your, your principles of how you want to run a business. We don't need to be a ruthless operator. We just could be a good operator, which is fair to everyone. Um, and then, we, you know, as long as we hire the right people who can, who can sort of extend these principles how we want to run a business, we're going to have fun. Yeah. That's the bottom line, you know. I get excited when people win big amounts of money and I send them a bottle of champagne and I write No, them. I love it. I love it. I've got it. all the VIPs on my telegram and, you know, come on, mate, <laughs> tack me on, you know. It's fun. And we were just talking about um, when we opened the casino, we want to obviously get you over here. We're trying to get Daniel Craig to come over and open it with us. Oh, that would be so I cool. wanted to parachute in to the old town of Tallinn come running into the front door of Bombay Club and then get his drink and say, G'day, Charlie Trent, how you doing? 
When can uh, I fly to Estonia? I can't get in there right now, right? Um, we're next September. It's about 12 months away. Okay, so I got some time. It's, it's a 13th century building. We're, we're building the casino in, and we're just buying the hotel next door. Um, That's so, amazing. Yeah, that come through as well. So our concept is we can fly our VIPs in from Asia or Latin America, Africa, give them an experience, like a MasterCard moment, priceless experience, then fly them home and let them keep playing at home with the same dealers. How did, how did Estonia become like uh, such a hub for crypto? I know they offered the e-residency and they were always very crypto forward, but did that really make such an effect? Because you guys are based there, you have Paxful and so many other projects and companies are based in Estonia now, like in Tallinn especially. How yeah. did that all come about? So back in 95, coming out of independence, they had a chance to put copper, like they, they're actually going to get the, the secondhand Finished telephone system to run the telephone system after 91 under communism. Yeah. And I said, no, let's put wires down and wire the whole country. And in 95, make it a human right that every child at school must have access to computers and the internet. So they teach CSS coding in grade one at school here. So every student has a, 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 an really? understanding of computers and all banking is done, 98% of the internet banking is done. You do your taxes in two minutes. You have your e-residency. You've got your ID card. I know in England they don't want this, but here you've got an ID card. You go to the doctor, they, you've got a problem, they give you medicine. There's no script anymore. You go to the pharmacy, give your ID card, and they can look up and that's a prescription done electronically. All your health records on the card. But the best part, because you're going to ask me about Big Brother watching over this, Yeah. Anyone has the right to look at who has been looking at my data. No, Ray, really? It's, it's, a, it's a citizen's right. All data is stored on the card, but we administer Big Brother. That you can see, why is that bloke looking at my data? And you can then put a court injunction and ask them for the reason why they're doing it. So it works perfectly. So that way people put their data on there. They have backup servers in Luxembourg, the Estonian put a, a digital embassy in Luxembourg after the 2007 kerfuffle which happened here, you've now got off-site servers backing up the whole country's digital database. Every transaction for gambling goes through a thing called X-Road. So this is how you do your non-exclusion stuff here. When you pay your taxes, it's all done by your employees. It takes two minutes to do your taxes. Wow. Everything is digital. So this theme has been through. Skype started here in 2004. Playtech, another big group in the, yep. in the game, they started here down in Tartu. Now you've got Pipedrive. Now you've got TransferWise. You've got us. You've got Roy at Paxful, obviously. It's a hotbed. And I came here 18 years ago because it was a hotbed, a hotbed for innovation and disruption. It's a small country that are very technically minded that don't have natural resources. So they've got their brains and they've got computers and there's innovation and there's digital wow. technology. And it's just a great place to live in Europe. Um, um, yeah. I and you're so close to everything it. else too. You're in Europe and you're close to everything else. It's you're amazing. Europe, you're a two-hour flight from London. You know, it's perfect. Just a bit cold during the winter. That's all. But that's why we have a sauna. We've got a sauna in the office. Do you really have a sauna in the office? Yeah. That's amazing. Do you guys like the hot, like uh, uh, wet or dry? Uh, it's a dry one. It's a finished sauna. And there's a big window. When you... I'm a big fan of like the. Let's go. Oh, here we go. This is the first time on Untold Stories we're getting a, a tour. We're doing it in the sauna. <laughs> a tour of the office. I need to screenshot this when you yeah. when you get it. 
So just walking down, we're just in the stall in the process of building the office. So this is our – we're going to have a gym in here. Oh, look at that. I hope there's no sleeping. This is great. This is a perfect time to remind everyone that Untold Stories is on video too. A lot of people will message me, be like, you're talking about the sauna, but I couldn't see it. Go on YouTube, Untold Stories. Now, if I walk into the sauna. Let's see the sauna here. Then there is our sauna. All right, sit down. This is So I can sit down in here. I don't know. Maybe hold that. No, it's perfect. You can see you can sit the sauna. Now I need to get me shirt. No, I'm not taking my shirt off. No, the lighting got messed up though. Come closer to you. The lighting is not working too good, but you can see that's the view from the sauna, and that's the sauna heater, and then you've got where you can sit and enjoy. That's awesome. Oh, I got a good shot there. I'm gonna I'm gonna screenshot after. <laughs> Untold stories coming live from the sauna. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's a great shot. Oh my God. Well, listen, Tim, I want to, you guys, you go doing that and, and you guys have the, I need to come out to this store. I you can't wait. you got to come out and visit us, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, One the, of the thing we do, we just enjoy what we do. We enjoy being a part of the community. And as I said, we're all about being fun, fast, and fair. And um, can I get to Estonia well, right now with with the whole EU uh, ban, or, or what's this, what's the deal? I'll just come back in here where the Wi-Fi is. Yeah, I gotta look. Should be here now. I want to go see if I can travel. Can I travel to Estonia now with COVID nineteen? But you'd need to self isolate for a week. You'd need to get a Corona test, and then another one in seven days, and then you're out of isolation. But it's self isolation. What if I got a test like when I arrive? Yeah, you can do it at the airport. It's free. But so if you if you're negative at the airport, can you just go about your day? Uh, you'd need to have one day for the results to come in. Okay. Then then you're then you're out of isolation. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So I can come like in a few weeks, even. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're gonna talk offline about this. Perfect. Because yeah, I want to come over. No, awesome. all right, cool. I know the winter time is going to be is going to be cold though. But thank you, Tim, so much, and and I'll talk to you soon. Perfect, mate. Much enjoyed, and um, thanks for doing everything you're doing for the uh, crypto community as well. I think if we all do our bit for it, we can create something really, really amazing as the world goes on. <laughs>